Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the second part of this US-UK tax and state planning podcast. I'm still joined here with Billy Matthews of Brown Advisory. We're looking at the question of uh, US-UK investments, specifically at fund management. In our first half, we had a slightly broader scope uh, where we looked at uh, US-UK investment at large, um, what are some of the challenges that are faced by individuals, uh, and how funds form one part of an otherwise diverse investment portfolio. Billy and I, in the second half, are now going to drill down into funds in slightly more detail, look at what some of the challenges that people face are, but also where some of the solutions are that Brown can offer in this market. Billy, before we break for the, the intermission, shall we say, we were just about to come on to some of the rules regarding UK reporting funds and PFIX in a little more detail. And it is probably worth, at that point, starting with what actually are PFIX, passive foreign investment companies, and what are UK reporting funds? Yeah, thanks, Aidan. So PFIC is a very scary term for many people, and frankly, it should be. But what essentially both the US and the UK have anti-avoidance rules where what they're trying to do is avoid investors from being able to turn income into capital or being taxed at income rates or being taxed at capital gains rates for what should be income. And so what they do is they put rules in place to make sure that there is necessary reporting on both sides of the pond so that the US can tax their taxpayers um, on funds that they invest in in dollars. And the UK does the same thing to make sure that they can tax income and capital gains appropriately in pounds. Now, the US, the, the regime is called the Passive Foreign Investment Company regime. It essentially applies to any non-US registered fund vehicle. Which is which is most of the available fund vehicles that someone in the UK would have access to on any standard investment platform or with any normal UK investment advisor. The punitive challenges with that are if you do not file the necessary forms with the IRS on those investments, then when you go to sell those investments, the gain is subject to income tax at the highest level in the US with, importantly, an interest penalty, which if you've held that fund for a number of years, like some clients that I've spoken to, the gain can be in excess of 50, 60, even 70% tax on the gain itself. So it's incredibly punitive and something that you should really avoid at all costs as a US-based investor. On the UK side, we touched earlier on the UK reporting fund regime. It's a bit of a friendlier regime, but Essentially, if you invest in a fund that does not have UK reporting fund status, so it's not on that list of 10,000 securities, that spreadsheet that Aidan talked about earlier, then you are subject to tax in the UK at income tax rates and not capital gains tax rates. And there are also other issues from an inheritance tax perspective and others that we won't touch on today. But essentially, the conundrum then for US-UK people is trying to split there or thread the needle there of finding that small available universe of fund vehicles that meet both the PFIC regime as well as the UK reporting fund regime. Am I right that there is also a an issue with the nature of the reporting on uh, the disposal, let's say, uh, a foreign sort of non-compliant 
fund, if you are a UK investor in a US mutual fund, are you obliged to report the underlying activity of the company itself rather than just the you know, if you dispose of it if you're interested in the mutual fund? Is your UK accountant going to get very unhappy at the fact that you have to report the underlying activity of the fund itself, or are you still only ever reporting the disposal at the top level of the fund? So some of it depends on how the accountants want to drill down into it. The, <laughs> the reality of the situation is that most clients are being provided with a UK tax return. Mm-hmm. And what is being reported on your UK return are the income and capital gains distributions from the fund. Now, for funds that do not have UK reporting fund status, all of those distributions are often treated as income. For funds that have UK reporting fund status, it's, it is our view and the view of many US-UK accountants out there that those capital gains distributions are then treated as capital gain in the UK as well as the US. And so it's a neat and tidy way to get yeah. capital gains treatment on those investments. And so putting it in black and white, certainly from the UK perspective, our top rate of income tax here in the UK is, as at the time of recording, 45% uh, capital gains tax rate at the time of recording is going to be 20%. That is less than half of the income tax rate. And if you have considerable investments through funds, that shows you quite how significant those problems can be. And the true is the same in the US. I mean, the capital gains tax rate and the income tax rates are perhaps five, six, seven, eight percent closer together in the US, but you still have this significant difference where both countries will tax income at much higher rates. And thus, why people exercise themselves so much around making sure that their funds are appropriately compliant in each jurisdiction. That's right. So the challenges that arise from that sort of reporting or rather lack of dual reporting consequence, presuming, let's say, on your US portfolio without UK reporting status, particularly problematic, I presume, for a a US taxpayer who knows they're a US taxpayer, (laughs) even more problematic for a US taxpayer who doesn't know they're a US taxpayer. Correct. I would say the most common situation that we see is an American like myself who comes over, has existing investments that either they manage themselves or are managed by a US-based investment advisor that are invested in a whole load of US mutual funds, which are completely appropriate from a US tax perspective. They come over here and they decide that they're going to be living here for the rest of their life. And suddenly they have a large portion of their investable assets that are owned in these US mutual funds that do not have UK reporting fund status. So back to our prior conversation, if they were to need to realize or sell those funds, they would be subject to tax at the highest rate, 45% in the UK, uh, in order to bring those funds into the UK to spend them. So that becomes one of the main issues that we see. Often clients think that they can have keep their US-based investment advisor and then have a UK-based investment advisor as well and have them work together. The reality of the situation is that it often isn't that simple, especially if they're planning on staying here for the long term. And presumably, you would quite like to get in front of that client before they come to the UK so that you can help them divest themselves to the extent they can of any of the investments and reinvest them prior to them coming to the UK. Brown has offices in both the US and the UK for you know precisely that reason. And presumably, the same is true the other way. So if you had a, a UK citizen that you knew was going to the Americas for a long period of time, you'd also want to get in front of that UK person before they started paying UK US tax on their, on their UK funds. 
Absolutely. That is the dream scenario. But as you and I both know, <laughs> that is the very, very, very small minority of situations that we run into. Most of the time, people have already uh, made the decision or made the move in that instance. Um, and so it really is about kind of managing the damage and managing the, the collateral damage. And there are strategies to get out of both of those sorts of situations, which we can help clients through. So the first scenario that we talked about was the US person coming to the UK. The second one, as you said, is the accidental American, someone that was born and raised in the UK, maybe with an American parent, didn't know or didn't realize the troubles that would befall them because of their US passport. They are invested in a whole lot of UK-based investment strategies, which would be considered passive foreign investment companies or funds. That often is a bigger issue from a tax perspective. It's less common, just given the kind of sorts of, of clients that we're working with, but it is a bigger tax issue in that they have not been reporting necessarily those funds to the IRS every year. And then when they do go to sell them, they get that incredibly punitive taxation and there's really no way to get out of that. So the advice around that often is rip the Band-Aid off, don't stick your head in the sand, sell them and move on and report them correctly. And for those who are regular listeners to this podcast, we will be having an episode shortly in the next couple of months with some US attorneys all about accidental Americans, uh, who they are, what you can do, and why, as Billy so rightly said, taking the ostrich approach and sticking your head in the sand is rarely going to be the best outcome. Look forward to that episode either this year or early 2023. So, Billy, looking at what Brown's approach to all of these issues are, what is your forward-thinking approach to dealing with these issues? What's your what's your sort of your high-level investment strategy? I mean, I think it, it's important to just start with the fact that we are always looking to put together investment strategies for clients from an investment point of view, first and foremost. And so instead of looking at what is the available investment universe for someone based upon their tax situation, let's look at what are the investment strategies that we want to access for clients. And then let's figure out a way to make the tax work on the back end. So, you know, ideally we're able to put together portfolios for US, UK clients that look very, very similar, in some cases identical to clients that have no US issues, but have but are UK investors or US inv investors that have no UK issues. And so really it is thinking about that investment lens first and foremost. The primary way in which we do this, and really the meat of the conversation we've been having today, is by using fund-based investments that have UK reporting fund status. I mentioned the very limited investment universe or availability of those funds. Brown Advisory has had our own US mutual fund range for many, many years. We have institutional equity and fixed income strategies. All of our own US mutual funds have UK reporting fund status, which makes them appropriate for US, UK taxpayers. Importantly, we also allow non-US resident investors into the fund. That is a key distinction. You know, There might be a fund that has UK reporting fund status, but doesn't allow non-US resident investors on the fund register. The other way, given the scale and the number of clients that we work with that have this US, UK situation, is we are increasingly able to convince third-party or non-Brown advisory uh, investment management firms to add UK reporting fund status 
to their U.S. mutual funds. So mm. that is a kind of newer over the last few years strategy that we've employed. The reason we can do that is we have significant assets invested with them, both in the U.S. side and the U.K. side. And we say we have this you know, large growing subset of clients that have both U.S. and U.K. issues. Would you be willing to add U.K. reporting fund status to their U.S. mutual funds? And they have obliged for our client base. Um, You'll fight the good fight, Billy. <laughs> well, it is a it is a battle every single time, but um, uh, we, we do what we can. Yeah, the, the analogy that I have used before when it comes to US UK planning at large, and those who listen to other episodes will have probably heard me use this analogy before, is that I always think about US UK planning, whether it's tax accounting, investment management, etc., is a bit like having a series of ten doors open to you, and a let's say purely vanilla UK person might have those 10 doors all open as to what strategy might be might, might be most appropriate for them. All we're really doing in the US-UK sphere is we're just very gently, very quietly shutting, let's say, half of those doors. And we're just saying, you don't want to look through doors one to five. Doors one to five will not have something fun behind it for you. Doors six through 10, still perfectly useful strategies. It's a you, it's a, a dual reporting fund. There may be some direct investments. There may be other strategies, you know, use of, you know, tax efficient pensions, et cetera. Those are all still perfectly good for you. All we're doing is shutting the door that says PFIC. We're shutting the door that says solely UK reporting status. The client doesn't need to know that you've shut those five doors to them. As far as the client is concerned, you have five excellent strategies, but your job as the advisor is having experience and knowledge to say, these are not going to work for you. Let's look at, as you pointed out just then, these are the five strategies that will fit your purposes. And hey, at the same time, I can make them tax efficient for you. That is the job of the really top rate investment manager. I, I hope you'd agree. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I, I would just say in this in this space, um, US, UK people do not lend themselves to model-based approaches. We build no. bespoke portfolios for every client. Each client, while they may have similar US and UK tax issues, the reality is their circumstances dictate that they need bespoke advice, bespoke portfolios, um, and strategies from both a planning, investment, and tax perspective that are going to work for them based upon where their long-term goals and objectives lie. That could be that they're going to move back to the US. It could be that they're going to stay here. It could be that they have children all over the world. And frankly, none of us really know what the future holds. And so the ability to retain flexibility is at the heart of really sound US-UK advice. And we think that the way that we've set up our ability to look after clients, regardless of where they live, regardless of where they move, and maintain that flexibility is, is, is a big differentiator for us. And what's great at the end of all of it is you get all this sort of this cutting edge expertise. But what's also nice is that everyone in the US-UK sector is just really lovely. And really nice. And we all get on and we're a nice bunch of people, uh, which you get for free. Um, so, you know, what more can you ask for from that? Billy, thank you so much for coming in to talk to us today. Uh, Billy Matthews, again, of Brown Advisory. If you uh, want to hear more about Brown services, I have no doubt that if you Google Brown, you will find them very quickly. All it leaves me to do is to say thank you again to Billy for joining us today. And to reiterate what I said at the top of this discussion, uh, please do leave us a review or a like or a subscribe. Uh, wherever you have listened to this podcast. It really does help us grow this little family that we are growing. Thank you, Billy, for joining us. We'll see you all again next time. Thank you very much.